0: Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne.
1: And I'm Gina.
0: And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates.
1: This episode we're bringing you the news and updates through January 29th. Both Daphne and I just got home from the U.S. Championships. We're a little tired, But we're going to do our normal podcast today for you all. Um, Obviously, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, Definitely some big news that came out today while we were both traveling home from nationals.
0: Yeah, there's plenty to talk about in this episode because we have the Court of Arbitration of Sport news that came out about Camilla Valieva's doping. We also have Four Continents we need to talk about because that's coming up later this week. And Gina and I need to talk about the men's event, which was the final competition yesterday at the U.S. Championships. Plus, there are other different little things here and there that we really want to be able to talk about. So, we are going to get started um, in just a second. We hope that you all enjoyed the three episodes that we released while we were at the U.S. Championships it was a lot of fun to bring in some of our friends to talk about the events as they were going on. And it's something that we're hoping to do at the World Championships in March up in Montreal. So stay tuned for that. Um, but it was a really exciting week and we will touch more on U.S. Championships a little bit later. But we really have to start this episode talking about the news that came out today from the Court of Arbitration of Sport. Kamila Valieva has been banned for four years over doping. Now, her suspension began December 25th, 2021, which was the day of her test, making her eligible for the 2026 Olympics. Barely.
1: Yeah, well, we knew um, this news was coming today. Um, while we were at Nationals, the the date had came out that the decision was going to be released today. And actually, Christine Brennan was with us at Nationals. She got an early flight home um, to be... Back home in time for the announcement because um, she, you know, she might have needed to be writing things and, of course, appearances on CNN and, and other outlets. But she, yeah, she missed the men's event for it. And then she was letting us know the timing of this, that it would possibly be coming down In the morning here in the U.S. and in the afternoon in Switzerland. So again, what has happened is the suspension began December 25th, 2021, which was the day of the positive test. So it makes her eligible for the 2026 Olympics because it's four years from that date that she has been banned. Um, Just barely, as Daphne said. Now, all competitive results from December 25th, 2021 onward have been disqualified. So I know obviously we're all thinking about the team event in the Olympics, but that also includes Europeans and Russian nationals, but no medals at this point in time have been reallocated. Um, we don't know what is going to happen with that. Um, we now have to wait, especially for the Olympic ruling. We have to wait for the ISU to decide the results of the team event um, based on now this decision. So a lot of factors here. Could U.S. receive gold? Could they just vacate the winning spot and the results remain the same? You know, we all think about uh, Tanya Harding's national title. If you go and see the trophy with all of the U.S. champions, it says they're vacant vacated or something like that. There's no name. There's no... The second place winner did not win the title there. So we have to wait and see kind of what is going to come from this. But this was the what we've been waiting for for two years, basically, was this decision today.
0: Yeah, social media has been blowing up about it since the announcement came out earlier. I mean... CAS took a decisive stand, banning her for four years, um, and calling upon the ISU to make the decision regarding its events. Like, Europeans, the Olympics, those are all under the direction of the ISU. They will have to make those decisions. The CAS was not going to come out on that. They just majorly their major, they, what they decided had to do with the doping as a whole. Now it's up to the ISU. Now the ISU did release a statement. It says the ISU welcomes the decision of CAS, firmly maintains its position that the protection of clean athletes and the fight against doping are of the highest priority and will persist in the ongoing effort to uphold the integrity of fair competition and the well-being of athletes. The ISU will publish a full statement with regard to the implications of the CAS decision on January thirtieth, twenty twenty-four, which, as of the as of our recording, is tomorrow, Tuesday.
1: Yeah. So, well, we could possibly get another big decision. Tomorrow, um, we don't know what the ISU is going to say. Part of me was a little, um, kind of bummed by this statement today from the ISU. Um, just thinking that they possibly, like, they've had time, mm-hmm. um, for this to kind of respond to whatever the decision was going to be. It's been, I mean, it's been two years and I'm sure they knew the decision was coming out today. I would have thought they would have had maybe a full statement along with a decision on what they were going to do regarding the Olympic team event and the other um, events that, you know, she, her results have been disqualified for, but I guess we just have to wait until, you know, tomorrow, January 30th to see what this statement was. But I was hoping they were just going to come right out, um, you know, once I saw the email come with the ISU statement in, and I was like, okay, this is it. And then I was like, this is it? That's all you're saying? Um, just because I feel like it's been a long time, you, you kind of have... If it went this way, this is how it was going to go. And if it went this way, this was how it was going to go. But
0: yeah, yeah so. I kind of was thinking the same thing that maybe they would have a plan in place for that. Like if this is the ruling or these are the parameters that we're going to look at. And they may have made a decision and they're just holding back. It just, I just felt like they could have responded very swiftly tomorrow. You know, or before tomorrow. I feel like they could have responded swiftly with this information. Again, there are athletes waiting without medals for their accomplishments. These are athletes who competed clean, and they're still waiting. This is a huge step in the right direction. However, <laughs> there's still work to be done because uh, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency CEO, Travis Tigart, told USA Today Sports, it's the right outcome and let's hope the clean athletes who competed in the games can finally have some joy and satisfaction for their long wait for some justice despite their moment never being replaced. At the same time, our hearts hurt for yet another Russian athlete who the system failed. This one, a young 15-year-old girl. The system has to fix itself. Now, that ties into what A lot of fans are saying on social media, many are agreeing with the decision for the ban, but they're also wondering why there are no repercussions at this point for her coaches for this situation, because she's a 15 year old girl. She's under the direction of her coaches. Shouldn't there be some sort of repercussions for them or consequences for them as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was my thought too. Is the her team failed her, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's not just her that should have to suffer because of this. It's it needs to be the people who were responsible for her care as a as a teenager and as an athlete. Um, so, because I think that will really kind of make it like. I don't know to just bring some change to it and maybe make this you know change the system, um, but yeah, I I was like all other fans, I was like, okay, this is a great decision. This I mean, this is a decision a lot of us have been waiting for, um, and it's a step towards clean sport. But we could do a little bit more by you know holding the people responsible for her care as an athlete and as a a teenager responsible as well. Well, there's
0: always been rumblings that things like this have been going on in sport for a long time. And just because it's been going on for a long time doesn't mean that it's the right thing to be going on in the sport. It needs to be fixed. I'm optimistic that this ruling will help instigate bigger discussions on how to handle the doping situation as a whole so that athletes can be assured that they are all competed that they're all competing in an environment where all athletes are clean and not doping however this seems to keep happening so yeah i'm really i'm hope while i'm hopeful i want to see more done to protect the athletes It needs to happen.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Well, there, you know, today's news, um, a lot of statements came out from a lot of people involved, um, WADA being one, the U.S. Olympic Committee, U.S. figure skating. We're going to put all of those in our show notes so you can read the statements in their entirety, um. Skate Canada as well came out with a statement. So, yeah, we'll just put those all there. Um, we have not really heard from any of the athletes, of you know, involved, uh, meaning the U.S. figure skating team. Um, and as you know, the only active, um, athletes from that team were Madison Chalk and Evan Bates, who did compete at nationals this week, both under the weather. Um, Christine did ask Evan and Madison about that, about the, you know, upcoming decision. Um, she did not, was not able to ask them about it afterwards. She may have tried, I don't know, but at nationals, this was, before the decision came out and they were a little under the weather. So, um, maybe not one of, they did say, you know, a basic kind of statement that they, you know, they're been waiting for this decision and all of that, but we really haven't heard from any of the other us athletes or, um, many of, you know, again, any of team Japan, I don't, that I've seen or, Canada athletes again the ones involved um I know some former olympic competitors have you know posted on social media that they agree with this decision and all of that but we haven't seen any comments or statements directly from the athletes who are waiting on medals That's true.
0: Um there also was a question and we're not sure, you know, what this means for who's getting what medals. The ISU is going to be the ones to make that decision. But there, one of the other things that has been on social media that I've read quite a bit is, okay, so they're going to get their medals. Where will they get them? Like, what will the situation be? I actually liked Phil Hirsch said, why not? at the 2024 World Championships in Montreal. Yeah, it's coming I saw up. That too. It's coming up. It is it can be done, you know, hopefully very quickly. It unlike the 2 years we've had to wait for CAS to do its investigation, it's something that could be put together very quickly and help resolve a situation. Um, also there would be a lot of support with that world's being in north america if the re- if the decision is that the u.s takes the gold medal and canada moves up to the bronze plus japan is silver medalist i think there'd just be a lot of support from the audience and yeah i think we all agree that the athletes have missed out on an opportunity to be able to celebrate what should be a huge achievement in their lives. And so we want to make sure there's as much fanfare as there possibly can be. And I'd like to see it resolved relatively quickly, because I think the longer that you wait, um, it just starts to feel more and more dragged out. You know, and this has gone on long enough.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. We should do it in... Worlds in Montreal, and I may be saying that because I'm going to be in Montreal, and I would love, um, love to be there for them getting their medals, um, and and I know our friends who were there in Beijing are planning to be in Montreal, and they want the opportunity that they didn't get to photograph you know, the medal ceremony that was supposed to take place in Beijing. I know there's been talks of them doing it possibly in Paris. And I know I've heard from some journalists that that may not be like the best decision, just because there are going to be some Russian athletes that are going to be competing as individual athletes. Um, And with the war I I think that was, you know, that that might not be the best decision to do it in Paris. And and I think you're not going to have all of the winter, you know, Olympic journalists there either. Cause you know, like us, we don't cover, um, summer sports, so we're not going to be in Paris and neither are some of our friends going to be in Paris either. So that's why I'm really for it being in Montreal. It would be a, A lot sooner than Paris Definitely because Montreal is only Seven weeks away It is, Um, And so I think that would be Great plus I mean you know Madison and Evan will already be there I believe some of the Canadian and Japanese Athletes will also Already be there as well So and I think you know the North American skating fans Would love to Be there for a medal ceremony And then there's talk Put it on primetime too, back here, in you know, in the U.S. so that people can see it as well. So do it during an event that would be shown, you know, uh, at prime time. Um, I don't know if prime time really is a big deal anymore in in the sense of skating coverage, but just where people would be watching at home too. You know, let's not just do it behind like, closed doors, either. You know, okay, we could do it in Montreal, but no one else would be able to see it if they're not in Montreal. I think it needs to be shown, you know, on some, you know, NBC something. It needs to be really... A big deal needs to be made.
0: Yes, I agree. And I think it needs to be in front of an audience that loves figure skating and can give them back part of that experience that they lost. So... With that, we will keep you up to date on everything that is going on. We will have an ISU decision, it looks like tomorrow. If it is something really major, which we know it's a big decision, Gina and I may record a quick episode just to go over it because this is, you know, this is two years in the making. We're finally getting to a resolution and we're so happy for the athletes who have just been so patient going through all of this process.
1: Yeah. And again, we'll put all of the statements, some of the news articles, like, you know, the article that Christine Brennan wrote. I know Christine Brennan was also on CNN. I believe our friend Jackie Wong did an interview about it for BBC. So, you know, we'll put all of the news articles, um, all of the statements that came out in our show notes so that you can definitely check them out if you haven't done so. Already. Yeah.
0: So let's move on to... The national championships. (laughs) I mean, we expected at first, when we were planning out content, that we would be coming back and just, this would be the focus of this episode, along with any other news. But the CAS decision really blew that out of the water, and we wanted to give that the attention that it needs before we move on to talking about the men's event from the U.S. championships. Is That closed things out yesterday. Um, Ilya Malinin won his second U.S. title. Landed the quad axle, but he made a bunch of mistakes on some of the other jumps. He still was able to hold on. Jason Brown won the silver medal, despite, again, some mistakes. Some that were kind of uncharacteristic of him.
1: Yeah, but he did bring back um, his free skate from last year. So we got to see... The- um The Impossible Dream. Um, Again, Daphne said some mistakes. Despite the mistakes, the fans love Jason. And who who doesn't? I mean, um, you know, the crowd rose to his feet, their feet, and, of course, a sea of stuffies came, you know, onto the ice because Jason was donating all of the stuffed animals he received to the Ronald McDonald house. Um, he did have the highest PCS score of the event, which is no surprise for Jason. Um, you know, he always knows how to get that second mark uh, really high. Yeah, so.
0: I was actually watching this little kid with a pink flamingo at the beginning of the men's event and the flamingo was dancing and with, with the little kid and, I asked Jr., who was sitting next to me, who did, who's getting that pink flamingo? And he's like, I'm pretty sure it will go to Jason Brown. And so the kid was um, shaking it and trying to get Jason to come over. And then Jason didn't at first, so the kid put it on the ice, and Jason did come over and get the flamingo. And <laughs> there have been pictures on social media. I know Jackie's posted a couple about, you know, the mood. The pink flamingo, but (laughs) yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun uh, to watch. I have to to
1: say, fans are pretty creative in what they're throwing out on the ice, and some of them don't even want to throw it; they want to come running down to the boards and actually hand it to the skater when they, you know, are exiting the ice. But there were some interesting things. I know I was talking to uh, Ava Pate and Logan By, and she was holding a penguin, Mm -hmm. and she said, this came from one of my students who just got back from a cruise from Antarctica. And I was like, Yep,
0: I heard all about that, actually. (laughs) Because the person that was throwing it, was throwing it from right where I was shooting, and so they were telling the story of the penguin. So I thought that was kind of that that was a cool one. I also saw some um other interesting things. Someone threw a Mario Kart blue shell. That in Mario oh, Kart, yeah. if you are like in last place, usually you'll get an opportunity to throw the blue shell at the winner or whoever's winning and it flies by everyone to get to the first person and stop. This was a lot of fun. Um and one of my friends was watching the skating because it was on in a bar, and he actually asked me. Um, I thought that they were still just throwing flowers. He said, "I'm pretty sure I saw a stuffed taco get thrown out on the ice." <laughs> I said, "You did because we're it's not just flowers anymore. Um, no, it's stuffed animals. It's pictures. I saw a picture pillow was thrown out." <laughs> All sorts yeah. of different things um, get thrown onto the ice. And I know that the skaters really appreciate getting, um, you know, getting the, the affection from their fans and the audience while, you know, they've gone out and put themselves out there in their performances. Um, Another cool thing, Camden Palkinen, who has been close to the podium multiple times, finally got his first medal at a u.s championships he got the bronze in one of the best skates that i've seen from him at a nationals in a while um yeah kind of two good skates he had a really
1: good short program too and really you know then followed it up with a really good free skate and it's you know interesting to note that yeah Ilya had like a 19 point lead after the short program but second to like fifth i think was less than two points so it was it was so you know um camden was sitting in um fifth place after the short program and pulled up to win his the bronze medal um yeah he was very excited um after the event. Um, for those who were wondering, Camden is still at Columbia. I talked with him after the men's press conference. He's going to graduate in May. So, um, congrats to him early here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was talking to him and I said, I can't believe you're already graduating. And he, he did transfer in to Columbia. So he was, um, going in as a junior so it it, that's why it went fast but um so he's been doing the whole school and training thing in new york and now when he graduates in may he will be focused on his skating obviously looking ahead to 2026 but he has to make a decision of where he will go from there does he stay in new york with Alex Johnson? Or does he go, you know, back to Colorado or California? Where does he end up? So he he doesn't even know. But um, I was very happy for him that he finally, you know, got himself up on the
0: podium. Yeah, it was wonderful to see him put out those performances. It reminded me a bit of when he finished in the top five at the World Championships. So I'm wondering if this bodes well for the remainder of the season and however the rest of the season goes, maybe that will help him form a decision for next year. He's done considerably well. He's done well considering going to school at Columbia and training. It's a lot. I mean, Nathan Chum will tell you from going to Yale and when he was training at the same time and it's just it's a lot of work to be able to balance.
1: Yeah, he talked about that in the press conference a little bit because last year was a little bit rough. I think it was him just transitioning into the fact that he was, you know, going to school in Columbia because he was trying to do the whole... California in New York and he was saying he was going home and flying home on like weekends and spending like two days in California and then flying back and he said it wasn't really working so he did talk about like going up to like Boston for the weekend and training up there and so he you know he had to like change up how he was looking into his tra- you know focusing on his training and how- what he had to Do to make it work And he seems to have made it work right now He's um, You know Gonna now focus on the world championships And we'll talk about world assignments Coming up in a little bit But um, Yeah Uh, And our fourth place finisher And as you know in the US We give it That fourth place finisher a pewter medal I sometimes call it the pewterist (laughs) Um, But we went to uh, Max Nomoff, who was second after a really good short program for Max. Um, he still had a you know a decent free skate. Um, again with it being so close, you had to really br- deliver to stay in that position. Um, he dropped to fourth, but this is his second consecutive,
0: yeah, medal. medal. I think. Max said previously, I think it was last season, that he almost didn't come back to skating. And it makes me think about what we would have lost in not having him out there as part of Team USA and as an, uh, an athlete. Because he's put out these great performances. I feel like he was like one jump away from being in second place. Yeah, and it just it, didn't it happen. Got really
1: close. It stayed pretty close, even in like the free skate. Not as close as the short, but still. I mean, these guys, you know, kept it very interesting.
0: Oh, for sure. Some of the other highlights for me, um, Yaroslav Paniat. He really entertained the audience with this Queen medley, to "We Will Rock You" and "Don't Stop Me Now," were two of the selections, and. Only thing I wanted was a little more speed during Don't Stop Me Now. So one thing I'm like, oh, you need to just be a little bit faster. Um, I believe Ben Augusto did the choreography for this. And audience was into it right from the beginning. Fortunately, Panyot did not have a great short program, so he skated early on. But there Mm -hmm. was such a big audience there on Sunday for this free skate that there was just so much support. I th- yeah. I also think there is a bit of retro feeling in his skating that um people who have been skating fans for a long time look at and it it they vibe with it because it just reminds yeah. them of that.
1: Uh- so he said after his free skate that he's a very serious person so he has to skate to something fun. Oh.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, he
1: said it would be really he's more on the serious side, that if he was to skate to, like, serious music, it wouldn't be good. So he he skates to fun music, and that's why, because I kind of asked, why do you choose fun music all the time? Because if, re- remember, Elvis, um, you know, and what did he do? I think he Prince did a, was... He Prince did
0: a, a disco.
1: Oh, di- yes, disco, okay. And so that's what I said, you know, why do you choose fun music like that? And he said, because he's a serious person, and He would rather skate to fun.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense. The other person I wanted to point out was we got Daniel Samohan. He's back in the U.S. after representing Israel at the Olympics. He took a couple of seasons off. He's now starting to get back into his form. And his free skate, he did a respectable job in the free skate. He was able to move up. He's got a lot of wonderful qualities in his skating, and I'm really hoping that he'll take his performances from this competition and use them to fuel him to continue on this comeback trail, because he still has a lot to offer.
1: Yeah, Now, he hasn't been released yet from Israel, so he is unable to compete in international competitions, and hopefully he will be able to be released soon so he can compete internationally next season. Um, And he is doing an interesting training um, situation as well. He is in Vegas with his parents, but then goes to the Skating Club of Boston as well. So he's kind of going back and forth here Um, and I just want to point out one thing too, you know, obviously with the whole, um, war situation going on in Israel and in Gaza, um, Daniel still has family there. Um, his grandmother is still there. So just keep, you know, him, you know, if you're praying for an end to this war, please keep, daniel and his family also in your prayers as well um you know what he some of the things he talked about to the media after his short program was just it was it was hard to listen to um so i felt for him and i felt for his family as well so i just you know if you're praying for an end to this war which i know pretty much all of us are um please keep his family as well in your prayers. yeah so
0: definitely definitely that pretty much sums up what I have to say about the men's event, Gina. do you have anything to add? I do you know Jimmy
1: Ma. <laughs> how can we forget Jimmy Ma? You know he had a difficult chore program, and um but then, in typical Jimmy fashion, once again, second year in a row, he comes out with really great free skate and he surprised everybody just about, or anybody who has been following Jimmy that he had a new free skate and it was to Phantom of the Opera. And, um, yeah, I, he's, let's just say it was, um, a very interesting interview with Jimmy. He is not afraid to share his thoughts and feelings on things. Um, And let's just say if you were wondering if Jimmy's going to keep competing, he says he's still in it for another two years. So um, we'll have to see what Jimmy will bring next year, uh, next season. But yeah, he he gave a really good free skate landed right on the ice when he was done Um, just (laughs) out of, out of exhaustion. And I think out of, um really being happy for himself that he was able to show people you know just what he's been doing and what he's been working on and you know was able to deliver a great free skate after a difficult yeah jimmy
0: was actually on my flight home and it was kind of fun at the airport because it was a super early flight there were fans that were also on the same flight (laughs) or in the same area that were just complimenting him on his performances and and you're right, Gina, last year he started this thing where it was him and then Maxim Naumov and Andrew Torgashev, I think, was the third one. Yeah. Where yeah. The, it was back to back, incredible performances by the middle of the top 10 skaters. It kind of started this amazing, you know, trend um, that night. And so it was cool to see him do that again. Note to Jimmy, if you get your short program and your free skate going the same way, it's going to be pretty incredible. So hopefully yeah. we get to see that from him really soon.
1: And I did like the Phantom of the Opera. I know this was different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't your typical Phantom of the Opera. Um, But yeah, I liked this. Um so, so yeah. moving
0: on, let's talk a little bit. The worlds assignments have been released, although they have not released who the alternates are going to be. I think they're going to watch what happens at four continents first in order to determine who is going to Worlds who's gonna represent uh the US at Worlds. They released things in two different allotments. We got information on I believe it was the ladies in the dance and then the pairs and the men came later so and then that affected some of the four continents assignments because athletes were previously scheduled to go to four continents made decisions not to go just so that they could focus on getting ready for the world championships so we're going to quickly go down through this because, again, this is going to be a longer episode because <laughs> there's just so much to talk about. Um, in the women's event, um, Amber Glenn, who is, of course, our 2024 U.S. national champion, will head to the world championships with Isabel Levito In ice dance, Madison Chalk and Evan Bates. Christina Carrera and Anthony Ponomarenko, and then Emily Brady and Ian Somerville. That was a little surprise for some folks just because they thought, well, Caroline Green, Michael Parsons were in the top six last year at Worlds. I think they probably could have gone either way with this assignment. And U.S. Figure Skating, you know, has decided to send Brady and Somerville to their first World Championships. Caroline and Michael, of course, are at four continents this week, so they will get opportunity to get some ISU points at that competition. So I kind of like it being a little bit spread out because it's going to help um, competitors get more points overall. And that because everything is so dictated by these world standing points, you have to accumulate as much as you can. So in the men's event, Ilya Malinin, Jason Brown, and Camden Pulkkinen. So Camden's returning to the World Championships. Um, he finished fifth a couple of years ago, so he'll get another opportunity to better that placement. Um, in pairs, um, we previously talked that talked about that we have a little issue with some of our pairs not being released and not being able to compete. For the u.s yet so the pairs that will go to the world championships emily chan and spencer howe who of course withdrew after the short program weren't quite ready for the free skate so hopefully this extra time will will help them the 2024 u.s champions ellie cam and danny o'shea are on the list and then making their world's debut this year valentina plazas and maximiliano fernandez
1: Yes, so should we talk about some of the other things that we've been want we wanted to mention about nationals, like some of our thoughts on the comp, the whole event itself?
0: Absolutely, and I made a list as we were going through everything, um, as different things would happen, I would add to this uh, to our document because that's kind of how we manage what we're going to talk about on the podcast, and so. We kind of put these pieces together, (laughs) and so they're in no particular order, so we'll just, um, yeah, we'll just go down through them.
1: Yeah, so if you were in the arena, and and I believe, I guess, if you were at home, you got to see an additional person on the ice with the skaters at the end of their skate, and that would have been... Jordan Cowan of On Ice Perspectives, who was working for NBC um, for the U.S. Championships. He was out there on the ice for the introductions and for the, um, the skaters doing their bows and as they exited the ice, um, giving you a perspective from the ice. And it was so cool. Um, just being in the arena, you know, seeing it on the the Jumbotron there, you know, you're getting to see the skaters coming off the ice from that perspective. You know, they're way sometimes some were waving directly to um Jordan. I really liked it, and I think he also Jordan was at the Gala as well. Um, you know, I was not there, so I did not see that, but I know he I think he was there too. I really like this. You know, I I thought it was great. I thought Jordan was great. You didn't Sometimes you didn't even realize he was out there. He blended in. One day he was um I think two days he was wearing all white. So he kind of blended all in. You really didn't see him going out there. But it you know, I think it's just a cool way of, you know, giving you a perspective of the skaters' reactions to their skates and and I think the way he did it was really good, and I hope um, this wasn't just, you know, the first and only time we're going to see this. I hope this is the first of many of this sort of thing happening.
0: Yeah, I think at first it might have come across as it was a little bit awkward, just because it was something that was new. But I have to say that by the end of the week, it just, I feel like it added to the excitement of being at the competition i mean you could watch the feed on the jumbotron so we know what people were getting at home and yeah i'm curious as to what people who are watching at home what they took away from it but i thought it was a really clever idea and i know that jordan had a ton of fun with it so like you i hope that it's not just a one-time thing i hope it's something that they definitely continue
1: yeah. So if you were in the arena or if you were at home and you saw Jordan in that perspective that we got to see and you liked it, let us know what you thought of it. Um, I think of what I've heard, a lot of people really enjoyed it. So, but, you know, if you thought it was a little bit, you know, he was distracting or in the way, you know, let us know. We want to hear what you thought of it.
0: Yeah. Everyone has their own opinion. Just be, you don't want be diplomatic just share with us what you think. You don't have to slam anything. Just, just share, you know, your general opinion or interest in what you have to say.
1: Now, one thing I want to hear what fans thought about was
0: that kiss and cry. I, yeah. First, I thought it was too
1: white. I thought it was way too much white. We needed to get some color in there. There wasn't even any flowers that I could see there i don't think so
0: no but yeah
1: it was it was a too white and i and i get that you know sponsors need to be shown and you know and obviously those sponsors are paying for things and to have their name in places but um the moisturizer bottles were a little bit weird as well but um i just i wanted a little more color again I get the whole sponsors thing and I'm not saying we, you know, not let the sponsors have their time being shown on TV and you know they're paying for that, they're paying to help this event happen, but um maybe just some more color. Especially if you're a, a official, photo- I know the photographers could have used a little more color in that area too because it just seemed too white.
0: Yeah, I think they could have gotten maybe a little more creative with how they put the kiss and cry together and i didn't ask any of the skaters what they thought about it but there have been some pretty elaborate kissing cries in the past so Mm -hmm. this one was a bit more subdued compared to what we've seen before
1: yeah and i also think it needs to have a little bit more space for some of our skaters who have a bigger team and that all wants to be in the kiss and cry. I know some of our junior skaters had more than one coach. They had maybe two or three and not everyone could get in on that little couch that was in there. So maybe just a little more space so that everyone who wanted to be in the kiss and cry with the skaters could be. I mean, we all say it takes a village to, you know, produce a great athlete so um yeah so if there's enough room so they all can be in there and all celebrate with their skater that would be great
0: absolutely so there was a different commentary team working on one of the feeds so we're used to having Tara and Johnny along with Terry Gannon doing the NBC feed but Ashley And Adam were given an opportunity to do some commentary on a separate feed. I heard a lot of great things about what Ashley and Adam brought to the table.
1: Yeah. Obviously, we didn't hear either one of the commentaries because we were there. Um, But yeah, I was seeing a lot of posts on social media and people were very happy with what Adam and Ashley were um, producing. Um, so, yeah, maybe a future for them beyond just this U.S. Nationals. I hope um, so. But if you were listening at home, let us know what you think. If you were listening to Tara and Johnny or, and Terry and, or Adam and Ashley, let us know who you enjoyed uh, more.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember when Tara and Johnny got started doing commentary, it was because they had done something at one of the Winter Olympics and they were very well received there. And so I'm wondering if this is going to be another situation that's similar with Ashley and Adam, because they're such good friends being able to share their love of the sport together. um, Maybe this is going to be a new opportunity. So I'm very excited for that.
1: Yeah, you know, I feel like commentators have changed over the years. Um, you know, when we I remember watching skating and the you know with Scott Hamilton and Peggy Fleming and and so and Dick Button, you know, and now we have Ter- Terry and Tara and Johnny and maybe it's time for a you know different you know commentators just because I think the fans. Change as well. Mm-hmm. And so, fans, younger fans, may not be as familiar with Tara and Johnny. They may have kind of came up in the sport with Adam and Ashley mm-hmm. and may, you know, appreciate Adam and Ashley. You know, it's just kind of like a changing of the guard sort of thing. Again, nothing with, you know, Tara and Johnny. Um, you know, I know people love Tara and Johnny, and, and I don't mind listening to them every when I'm not in person. But maybe it's time to just keep evolving. Well,
0: um, one thing that stood out to us, and this was something that I heard from fans and from media folks, is the friendliness of the arena staff and just the the residents of Columbus in particular were just so welcoming. Um, they always had a smile on their face. There was no negativity. It just created this this wonderful environment to work in for the week.
1: yeah, definitely <laughs> um i not did not have any complaints with any of the arena staff, hotel staff, restaurant staff nearby um yeah, it was a really good vibe the whole entire event. Um, You know, the arena staff definitely went out of their way to make people feel welcomed. Um, You know, even I would walk by the, um, just walk. Cause we had quite the walk from where we could on the event level from to our media room to the mix zone and all that. So we had a little walking of a hallway, but even if it was someone just, you know, punching their clock, you know, punching their time card. They said, hello, how's it going? Um, You know, very just welcoming. And so um, props to the nationwide arena staff and everyone within the Columbus area, the arena area there. Everyone was very welcoming. It was great.
0: Yeah, and the place was packed. There was huge attendance after San Jose last year. I remember leaving feeling a little down that just the number of people in attendance was not what we'd seen in the past. And with the North American Worlds this year and next year, I was a little concerned about what are we going to get for an audience because people are probably, you know, channeling their skating dollars into something else potentially. But yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the lower
1: bowl on Friday and Saturday was, I believe they kept saying it was sold out. But when you were seeing people in the upper bowl sitting there, and now I'm not just saying like two people that decided to go up there for the heck of it because okay. they wanted a really good um, advantage point. You had, you know, a Good number of people sitting up there. You know, no black curtain to kind of hide the fact that that section was empty up there. The crowd was just great the whole weekend. A little less on Sunday, and I think maybe that might have been because football was on. Um, But all weekend long, really a great crowd. Um, Even the crowd stayed for the like medal ceremony, you know how like a lot of people leave after the event's over. They want to get out, um, not face any traffic if they were driving. Um, people stayed for the medal ceremony, and I felt like there were more people for the medal ceremonies than there were at, at an event in San Jose. I know that's yeah. sad to say, but that's what it felt like. Um, just a really great crowd all weekend long and we don't know where nationals is next year i'm not sure if it will be come back to columbus next year but i am i'm i'm thinking we're gonna see nationals in columbus at some point the next
0: yeah i don't think it's gonna take another what 14 years 13 14 years to get uh Uh, nationals in ohio again i think columbus could definitely host it again Uh, one thing though that was a drawback i think was i've never seen so many people wearing coats in an arena for nationals (laughs) as i did in this one it was very cold it was in some ways i felt like it was colder in the arena than it was outside
1: yeah um I said today to my mom at the airport, I said, I'm going to be glad not to wear my jacket all day long <laughs> tomorrow um, because it was cold. And we were we weren't even like the media seats weren't like right at the ice level. We were up a little bit and I it was cold. Um, it was even cold in our little um, media workroom, which was down on the event level. Um, yeah, it was just kind of cold. Um, another thing, it was rainy in Columbus um every day it seemed to rain I think one day it didn't rain um and so yeah that was a little bit of a bummer especially because I was in walking distance from my hotel and so there were days I'm having to take the umbrella you know walking in the rain because I did that and um but yeah and I and I Wish it wasn't always raining because the North Market, which I have to mention the North Market. I don't know if I mentioned it on any other podcast. If you were in Columbus and you went to go check out the North Market, um, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it was it was great. It was a lot of food choices. I mean, there was a ramen noodle bar. There was a fish place. There was bagel place. There was pizza, pasta, um, you name it. Jen's ice cream. I actually went, um, to, I went a couple of times, but one time I ran into Phil Hirsch and he then came back when we got back to the media room, he goes, this is great. I can't even get ice cream too. Um, so that was a great to have somewhere nearby. Cause it was right near the arena, lots of great restaurants nearby too, which was a plus. I know even some places kind of, ran out of food at times because I don't think they expected as many people and Tim Hortons was right there as well, which was great and have to give props to the Greater Columbus Sports Commission um, who provided the media with some treats during the week, including on on Sunday from this place called, I think it's called Fox and Snow. Fox and Um, the Snow, yeah. Yeah. Those pastries were delicious. Delicious. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thanks for feeding us. Um, we appreciate it because, you know, as media, we're running around like crazy. Um, and we spend a lot of time in the arena during the competitions. And so we don't always get to go out and try to eat. Um, so yeah, so we appreciated the donuts one day and then the, you know, and some other pastries earlier in the week and then the final from Fox and Snow, um, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it, w- it was wonderful. Um, yeah, it definitely was colder. Um, I wasn't as prepared, but I would be the next time, I think. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um. There were some, you know, technical issues that we had working, um, trying to get articles posted where the internet was a little spotty. I'm not sure what happened, but it seemed to usually take place when we were down in the basement level. So, you know, the event level. So I'm not sure what was going on there. Yeah, Um, my
1: computer was doing a weird thing. It was, we had our own, like... Press Wi-Fi, which had a you know a password. So I would log into that and then it would go jump my Wi-Fi to the arena Wi-Fi when it was upstairs. And then it go back. It was really weird. Yeah. But we, you know, um US figure skating was aware of the some of the issues and they were working to get it taken care of and uh yeah, but it never it was just annoying a little here and there, but I, you know, got things done.
0: Yeah. So I think there's just a couple other little takeaways. We had Mia Kalen land a quad during this event. We also had a triple axel by Sophie Jolene Von Felton. And the junior women's event was the first woman to land one. Uh, pretty fantastic. As a whole, I think this event, um, it was a lot of fun. I feel like we got to see a lot of some... I feel like we got to see some of the up-and-comers that are going to be, you know, leading our sport at some point. And I'm glad that I always go and I'm there for the whole week because even though I'm exhausted by the end of the week, it's always a lot of fun to get to see, you know, what's coming down the pipeline.
1: Yeah, and we should also mention, while most of the fans and the athletes and we have gone home... There's still some people in Columbus because this week, for a few days this week, it's the um, national or the high performance development camp. And that is for the athletes who qualified for the camp at the novice, juvenile and intermediate levels from sectionals, dance final and pairs final. So they're there for a few days this week in Columbus, you know, um, doing some seminars I think they also get to skate as well I think we saw some of you know athletes that are going to be presenting and talking with some of the younger athletes and they were of course in the crowd as well this weekend watching um, the competition but yeah so camp is still going on in columbus even though the competition has ended
0: yeah i ran into caitlin weaver who told me that she was in town to teach at the development camp so that was really exciting she has so much to offer so it's just yeah it's exciting and i also want to mention that we were able to connect with at different times Johanna from jiv sport she did have a booth there, although her book sold out very quickly. I know. <laughs> it was great to get to see her. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think it was a great Nationals, and I look forward to the next one whenever we find out where it's going to be. Yes. So let's move on, because there are some other things that are going on, including some other general skating news that took place. So while we were at Nationals, the ISU announced that they have awarded the fifth Grand Prix Series event to Helsinki, Finland. I'm happy to see Finland continue to get some uh, accolades and get these opportunities because they do such a great job. They've always done a great job with Finlandia Trophy. So it's wonderful to see them getting this opportunity to host a Grand Prix next year.
1: While the French Figure Skating Federation overturned Brian Joubert's one-year suspension, in November, Brian received a 12-month suspension with a two-year reprieve.
0: So, with Nationals being so close to Four Continents, there were some shifts and things happening. Um, As we talked about in our coverage of the championships, Madison Chalk and Evan Bates were under the weather at this competition. So we weren't a hundred percent sure if they would go to four continents. I was personally hoping that they would step back and get some rest, because it's hard to it's hard to be sick and to go and skate at such a high level competition. And they had some struggles at this one, especially in the free dance. So I'm glad that they've decided to put themselves first and take care of themselves. Uh, Madison posted on Instagram, Evan and I have decided to withdraw from the ISU Four Continents Championships in Shanghai this week. We gave it our all at the U.S. Championships last week and hope to feel better in time to compete at the four continents, but have decided it's best to take the time to let ourselves fully recover. Thank you, for every thank you everyone, for the love and support last week at the U.S. Championships. It's our pleasure to be able to perform in Columbus Wishing all the Four Continents competitors good luck this week. See you all in Montreal in March for the World Championships.
1: Well, they weren't the only ones to withdraw, Max Nomoff will replace Camden Polkinen at Four Continents. Uh, Camden has decided to not compete at Four Continents. He released a statement with saying, With the recent announcement of my selection to the 2024 Worlds team, I have decided to withdraw from Four Continents. I will be prioritizing my recovery and training heading into Montreal. I am thankful for all the support throughout this year's U.S. championships, and I'm looking forward to representing Team USA at Worlds.
0: And that was not the only one because Amber Glenn decided that she would withdraw from Four Continents after receiving her World Team assignment So she had the following to say, the last 24 hours have been surreal, so exciting for me, but as reality sets in, decided to withdraw from four continents to prioritize my physical well-being to preserve my longevity in the sport. I want to set myself up for the best recovery, but the physical toll of doing two back-to-back championships events takes its toll. In anticipation of being selected for the world championship team, This decision gives me more time to prepare and perform my best to help Team USA earn three women's spots for a home Worlds in Boston. Elise Lynn Gracie will be replacing Amber at that competition. And speaking of four continents. (laughs) (laughs) Now, normally we do a little preview episode of these bigger competitions, but due to having the U.S. championships, it's just it's just not possible. Like, no. <laughs> it's not. we're not able to do it. So we're going to give you a quick rundown of some of the people that are competing at Four Continents. So um, starting with the men, Shun Sato, Soda Yamamoto, and Yuma Kageyama will represent Japan. Boyang Jin should get a lot of home country support as this is taking place, Shanghai. Jun Huan Cha will be representing Korea. And Mikhail Shadarov, Kazakhstan, who has had a decent season so far. We'll see what he's able to do at Four Continents. And Roman Zadovsky is going to make his international debut for the season. These are in addition to the skaters from the U.S. that we've talked about previously.
1: Yeah. In the women's event, it's uh, Monet Chiba. Mai Mihara, Rinka Watanabe of Japan, Hyan Lee and Cheyenne Kim of Korea, as well as Ava Marie Ziegler, who did not compete at nationals to focus on Four Continents, which we all thought might was a, a bit of an interesting decision there. But um, she will be at Four Continents along with Lindsay Thorngren and, as we just mentioned, Elise Lynn
0: Gracie, who is replacing Amber Glenn. So, in pairs, Deanna stilato Dudak, and Maxime Deschamps, as well as Leah Pereira and Trent Michaud of Canada. We'll also see Cheng Peng and Li Wang of China. As of right now, the reigning world champions, Rico Miura and Ryuji Kihara, are still on the list. Plus, we have the U.S. teams, led by Ellie Cam and Danny O'Shea.
1: Let me just remem- remind people that a lot of the skaters from the U.S. who are going to Four Continents left directly from Columbus. I remember talking to some of them and said they had to set an alarm at like 2 in the morning um, to go. So a lot of them are either en route to Shanghai or already there. Um, it was very quick turnaround. Um, and so... Yeah, it's that's a lot, and you know, I asked some of the athletes, "How do you do that? How do you go from, you know, back to back competitions like that? It, you know, and not a lot of them have done something like that before, unless you've done two Grand Prix events, um, back to back. But yeah, um, it'll, you know, be interesting to see how the U.S. skaters who did Nationals and Four Continents do at this, at, at Four Continents.
0: Definitely. So in dance, we have Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier. They're headlining the dance event now that Madison Chalk and Evan Bates have withdrawn. I was kind of looking forward to that head-to-head, but I'm glad that Chalk and Bates have decided to take time for themselves. Also competing, Lawrence Fournier-Beaudry, Nikolai Sorensen. The silver and pewter medalists from the 2024 U.S. Championships Carrera and Pomarenko and Green and Parsons are joined by Zingis and Kolesnik. Um, also Japan has a three-way competition for its lone world spot that is going to take place between Komatsubara and Kaleto, Tanaka and Nishiyama, and Yoshida and Marita. And Japan has I think I've reported on this previously, Japan is going to base its world's decision on this competition.
1: So there were some other events that took place this week. Um, FS Cup, Raviac International Games, Trophy D Acos, which was a synchro challenger, and the Youth Olympic Games is still underway. Um, actually, I believe we're gonna be able to watch the free dance in a little bit from when we're recording this podcast. So we we're gonna are. try to get it done so we can go watch the free dance.
0: Yes, it's funny. Um, I, I may have mentioned this on one of our other episodes during the national championships, but I went home one, I went back to the hotel and realized the rhythm dance was on. So Ann and I were watching the rhythm dance. Um, it was a really fun competition. It's really unfortunate that Ashley Slatter and Adol on Gay Perez had a fall in their footwork, which put them behind because i really thought that they were going to be one of the teams to beat at this competition and so i'm interested to see how they rebound from that um so we'll see yeah we'll we'll see in a bit what the what the conclusion to that competition is going to be so under recent interviews skate Info Glass has been very busy they have three new interviews up Selene Mazinge and marco gardienko David Luton-Brain, and Luisa DeMoget and Theo Le Mercier.
1: And US Figure Skating posted an article called Couch Potato No More, and it's about Sophia Lazuli, um, who found skating as an adult, and now she is taken to social media to share her journey and inspire others.
0: Yes, and we have a bunch of events coming up for this week. Four Continents, Canadian Novice Nationals, Bavarian Open... Sophia Trophy, the Nordiques Open, French Cup, and Hevelius Cup, which are synchro events, and the Ice Beat Winter Trophy in Lithuania. A lot has happened. Next week, we will recap the Four Continents competition. Um, but for this episode, we've reached the end of our planned content. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us?
1: Well, you can find us at our website, it's ThisWeekInSkating.com, on social media, including the site formerly known as Twitter, at ThisWKInSkating, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, it's just This Week in Skating. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at ThisWeekInSkating at gmail.com.
0: And if you're enjoying our episodes, you can join us on Patreon. We are on Patreon.com slash skating. And I promise to get better at uploading the ad-free episodes to Patreon. Things have just been really crazy lately and just have not been able to to keep up. But we do appreciate your support that we have received yes. via email and social media. Gina um, ordered some pins that came just in time for Nationals. We gave out every single one that we had. There were yes. none left.
1: Yes. So if I didn't get to see you at Nationals or Daphne didn't get to see you at Nationals um, to give you a pin or you wanted, a, you know, a pin, um, if you're going to be in Montreal, we will make sure to have pins for Montreal. So, yes. So, yeah, a lot of people were you know, coming up and talking to us and we were giving out our pins. So, yeah, it was exciting.
0: Yeah, it was a very busy time. I feel like we were rushing from one event to another and there wasn't as much time to socialize. But when we did have time, we, you know, we got to talking about different things. And Gina and I didn't get to do a big strategizing about the rest of this season, like I was hoping we might get to. But we did record a couple of episodes and that was so much fun to get to do in person. I think we yeah. both agree that it's much easier in person to record <laughs> than it is when we're doing it over Zoom.
1: Yeah. You know, and when we record um, over Zoom, we have, you know, our computer screens. When we were recording in Columbus, we literally had nothing except the microphone and maybe the papers with the results so that we didn't forget who was in what place, but that was it. We didn't have anything um, planned out. We just kind of went with it and we really enjoyed how they came out. And so we looking forward to doing that more in, um, Montreal. And I also should note we are working on some other, you know, special episodes coming up here, some interviews and things, um, So I know we haven't done a lot of interviews lately, it's been a little bit busy, but we've got some in the works coming pretty soon, so uh, stay tuned and yeah.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I know we have a couple already that are almost scheduled. So once we get through Four Continents, we'll be able to have a couple of weeks before Junior Worlds where we can do some interviews and get those planned for you.
1: Yeah, there's someone who's very eager to come on this podcast, and so we're hoping to yes. do that
0: one very, very soon. Absolutely. Well, we like to end our episode by shining a light on what's going on at our respective websites. At IDC, it's a, it's just been busy with nationals stuff. We've got um, a recap of the novice competition. We have photos. From the entire event, all of those photos are available. And I will be posting our preview for Four Continents, as well as Anne's recaps of the rest of the events, sometime early this week. Gina, what's happening over at FSO? Well, a lot of national stuff. Um, All of our recaps are up.
1: Mara's recap... Uh, Mara did the recaps for... um dance and women. And then I did the recaps for pairs of men. So those are up. Um, photos are coming from nationals. So it's just a little bit slower because a certain photographer now is on her way. She should hopefully have arrived in Shanghai by now. Uh, she left early this morning, but, uh, Robin is on her way there. So she, um, It's going to be a little bit behind in getting me photos, but, um, yeah, so photos will be coming from nationals and four continents in the coming days. And one more other thing I got to point out, it should be in the next couple of days, maybe next week, but, um, Mara and I like to do when we're at nationals, we like to do some of the stories that are not just, you know, some other things that happened at nationals other than, you know podium finishers so we've called it buckeye bits and it's so some different stories that took place during nationals and that will be coming up this week as well
0: as you can tell it's been super busy but we're excited to bring this episode to a close we may have another one out this week depending on what's going on in the world as you know with this big news that's come out there may be a lot of moving parts that we want to discuss but if we don't we will see you next week at the, the usual day and time thanks for listening everyone i'm daphne and i'm gina and you've been listening to this week in skating
1: have an ice week